Let's all stand to our feet. Lord, we thank you and praise you. And we glorify you again for this day. Thank you for all of those that are gathered here. God, we haven't just simply come here to come, but we've come because we want to hear something from you. God, I decrease that you may increase. Have your way this morning. Speak to our hearts, and we give you praises, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to take a few minutes this morning, and I will be taking some time to actually on Sunday mornings doing a little teaching as I have been doing. Uh, and I'll be teaching on some really uh, primary things that I think have a permanent impact. Uh, we are, and again, my focus is going to be a lot on Sunday morning about uh, really ministering to our younger generation so that they can understand God because they have more that is conflicting when it comes down to the concept of God than we do. If you're 50 and above, maybe 40 and above, you'll settle in on who God is. But from the ages of one all the way, I would say up to 30, uh, there's a challenge about the Bible and about God and whether it's real or not. This, this is, the, the challenges that you all face about the Bible are different than, 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 than what I face. And when we come to church, uh, we talk about God will make a way and God is good and these different things. But there's a whole generation that the concept of either whether God exists or whether the Bible is right, you may be seated, whether the Bible is right or wrong, it, it, it exists today. So I think that it's important that we really get a grip on understanding just the basic concept of God and who God is in the Bible because there's a lot of questions that people are having. There are questions that are asked now that would almost make you uh, sh shake your head or scratch your head rather rather God is real. I had a young lady came to me the other day. She was talking to me. She had so many questions about the Bible and about God and, and, uh, and they, were, they were good questions. They weren't challenging questions, but they were questions that would open up your understanding as to why people are thinking the way they, uh, they're thinking. Now, at my age, you're not going to convince me that God is not real. I've had enough experience. I read about God, uh, and I know enough to know that God is real. But if you're dealing with somebody uh, you know, in their teenage age or primary age that have not had enough experience with God, you can shake their concept about who God is because they're, they're not rooted. Now, there's a different generation than, than, than I was raised up. I went to Sunday school every Sunday morning. It was required. I was taught about God before I went to school. And uh, because when you go to school, there's going to be a lot of challenges about who God is. And if you don't get a primary understanding of God from a young age, I don't care what you say, college and school will shake your whole concept of who God is. And now when you're dealing with a generation that have not had a basic knowledge of God, I mean a basic knowledge of God, and they go to school and go to classes and they're teaching you about all these other religions, that some of them even sound similar to your faith, it will shake your whole concept of God. Amen. So today I'm going to be talking about uh, the land of Nod. I want you to go with me to Genesis, the fourth chapter, uh, in the first verse, uh, Genesis chapter 4, and verse number 16, 4 and 16. Uh, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Uh, one of the, 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 the questions is, and uh, scientists have found it, and people have found it, they found a man uh, that 
uh, seems not to be civil, civilized, an uncivilized man. They call him the caveman and all these different concepts of men. Uh, well, uh, when you think about the concept of the caveman, you think about the concept of humanity now, how does that fit into the Bible? Because if somebody is saying that they have a caveman or a man that is a, not an intelligent man, and yet the Bible said when he made man, he made him with intelligence, how do we reason between Adam and these other creatures that you see? First, let me make this clear so you understand. Adam was not the first man. That's the first thing that you have to realize. He was not the first man. Adam was the first man in the image of God. There were other men that exist before Adam, but those men were men that were likened to beasts. And God looked out of all of his creations and said, you know what, I'm going to take this particular type of, of, of beast and I'm going to give him intelligence. Go with me quickly to the book of Genesis chapter 1. All right, Genesis chapter 1, and you'll see that man was not a, a new concept, but it was something that was already there that God now is going to bring it to a different level. He's going to give it intelligence and give it a thinking system that's outside of the other animals. And then when he raised him up and give him a supernatural, uh, 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 give, give him intelligence, he's going to put him over the other beasts. So God made man, and man was not in God's image. He was likened to beasts, and God looked out of all those that he made and pulled him out and gave him a different type of intelligence. Look at Genesis chapter 1. Everybody with me? 1 and 25, it says, And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse 26, And God said, Let us make man. Now, if we stop there, uh, and he said, let us make man, this would be the idea that this was the beginning of man. But God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have uh, dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle of the field, uh, cattle of the earth, and over all creeping things upon the earth. So God created man, not created man, period, but God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So what God does now is he take mankind out of all of the others that are already created and say, now I'm going to make man in my image. I got some other stuff out there, but this particular uh, creation I'm going to make in my image. So now this explains because if there, if there was no other men before Adam, give me the book of Genesis chapter 4. Get Genesis chapter 4. All right, the Bible starts off, we got Adam, we got Eve, we got Cain and Abel. And if you know the story, Cain killed Abel. So now you only have uh, Cain, you have Adam and Eve. But Cain was successfully able to find him a wife. Give me the book of Genesis chapter 4 and 15. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore whosoever slay Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon uh, Cain, lest any finding him shall kill him. Let's stop there. If then our story is right that we got Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel, Abel is dead. And God sets a mark on him, lest anybody find him going to kill him. Who want to kill him? His mama and daddy? 
Because if the only people that were existing at that time was Cain, Abel, Adam, and Eve, Abel is dead. There's nobody there but Cain, a Cain and his mama and father. So who are the any people that want to kill him? There's got to be somebody else that's around at that time besides Cain, Abel, Adam, and Eve. Everybody follow me? Y'all with me? Let me give you another one, all right? Keep reading. Uh, and I want to get down in verse number uh, uh, 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived in bad Eden. Now it says Cain has a wife. Now who did he marry? His mama? Because if nobody's there but Cain, Abel, Adam, and Eve, Abel is dead. Cain finds a wife. Where does he get his wife from? So apparently there are other people outside of where they were living. Now, what God did, he created Adam and Eve and placed them in a garden. Remember that. And so Adam and Eve were the only one in the garden. But outside of garden were other people that were living in a civilization, but they were uncivilized. Everybody follow me? Now, when God kicks them out of the garden, he kicks them back into that where those, those individuals were created. Are y'all with me? Let's say praise the Lord. It's important to understand because if you don't look at that with that reading, it will confuse you about the concept of the Bible. And many people are confused about that, but it's right there. Go with me quickly. Now, I want to talk about, uh, get Genesis chapter 4. I want to go to Genesis chapter 4. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. Genesis 24 and 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. I want to talk about the land of Nod. This was a city that existed outside of the garden. Uh, in, in Genesis 2 and 7, and I'm going to need a reader this morning, Genesis the second chapter and the seventh verse. Gerard, I want you to read for me. Genesis 2 and 7, and y'all bear with me just a little bit. Genesis 2 and 7, uh, let's read. Uh-huh. And the Lord God formed man. The Lord God formed man. Of the dust of the ground. Of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils. And breathed into his nostrils. The breath of life. The breath of life. And, lamb, and man became. And man became. A living soul. A living soul. Now watch this. Did man exist before he had a soul? So you got man that existed, but you got a man that existed without a soul. Now when he breathed into this man, man became a living soul. Soul. So you mean, it, it means that man existed for a period of time without a soul. But this man, Adam, that God creates, God puts a soul in him, which gives him an ability to think different. Now notice, the man existed before he had a soul. So man became a living soul, which means he was something that was soulless, but at the creation, God breathed into him, and now God gives him intellect. But there is a man that did not have that intellect. The difference between Adam and the man that God has uh, created before was he did not have the breath of God, which means he did not have the mind of God. He did not have the sense that Adam had. Are y'all with me, saints? So when you look at the man that they have that seems to be unintelligent, and they show that cave man, the man that has no sense, and then you look at Adam, now you'll be able to understand God took that, and I'm so glad I'm on this side. Amen. God took that, and what, what God was showing in that is the difference even 
it was gonna, it's going to play a difference because he's showing even the difference when you come down to spiritual things because now God has mankind that's not saved, man that is saved, and he breathes the Holy Ghost in man on Acts chapter 2, giving that person a different level of life, and not anything that's not saved, God considers that a beast, and then he considers man that's saved a new creature. Can you say praise the Lord? All right, go with me quickly, amen, uh, to Genesis chapter 2 and pick up 7 again, uh-huh. And the Lord God formed man yes. of the dust of the ground uh -huh. and breathed into his nostrils breathed the breath into of his life. Nostrils. The breath of life. The breath of life. And man became, and man became a living soul. A living soul. Uh-huh. And the Lord God planted a garden. The Lord God planted a garden. Eastward in Eden. Eastward in Eden. And there he put the man. There he put the man. Whom he had formed. Whom he had formed. And out of the ground yes. made the Lord God. So let's let's get this right. That is, Adam did not live on the earth. He didn't live here. Adam lived in a garden. So everybody that has this concept that Adam was here when God created him, no, Adam was created here, and then he was relocated to a garden that was not here. So he was, watch, watch this. Look at, look at verse 9. Uh-huh. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. All right, I'm sorry. Get verse, get verse 7. Uh-huh. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Yes. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Uh-huh. And man became a living soul. Yes. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. There he put the man who had formed. formed. And out uh -huh. of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. Uh-huh. And good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. So now I want you to see this. Watch. God now takes Adam, places him in a garden, separate from where he was made. And you'll see this because when, when Adam sinned, God kicked him back out to where he was originally from. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 and 23. Read. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden uh -huh. to till the ground from whence he was so taken. So God sent him out of the Garden of Eden, back to the ground from whence he was made. So you'll understand when Adam was created, he was placed in a different location, and God kicks him out. Not only did God kick him out from the location that he was in, but Adam is in the earth, and God now, wherever Adam was originally, after God kicked him out, he put angels over there so Adam couldn't get back in. So one of the concepts that people have today, that we are living in the same area that Adam was. Adam never lived here. He was kicked out here. He lived in the garden and was placed back here. Get Genesis chapter 3 and 24. Look what happens. Read. So he drove out the man. Yes. And he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way uh -huh. to keep the way of so the tree of life. So wherever God created Adam from, uh, he took him and made him in one place put him in another location, and then put angels so that he couldn't get back into the location that he was created from. So that's the concept that we have to get because many people are looking for the Garden of Eden. They're over there in Africa and everywhere else looking for it. It wasn't on earth. It's not in the earth. There was a whole different location. So we're, we have this, where we are now is like a prison. Where we're living now is this is the punishment of man living here because man lived in a garden. Ain't no weeds in no garden. Man lived in the garden. Ain't no bushes in no garden. He didn't have to worry about mowing the yard. Didn't have to worry about nothing, any of those things. There was no rain in there. So in the, in the earth, God, this is a punishment. Watch, watch. I want you to see this. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. 
Genesis, the third chapter. I want you to come up. Uh, get me verse number 17. Uh-huh. And unto Adam he said, Yes. Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Uh-huh. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Uh-huh. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, uh-huh. till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art. So essentially, living in this earth that we are living in now is actually a punishment. And there still exists, there's still that garden that Adam lived in, which is closely guarded by God to keep man from going back into it. Amen. So there is, I want to get this understanding, there is a link in the earth. There's a place in the earth that's linked to another place that is a, a, between heaven and God, somewhere on the earth. Amen. That God has angels that's locking men out from getting, getting back into that eternal place where the tree of life is. Can you put your hand together and give God praises? <laughs> I've said all of this because I want to go back to the land of Nod. Go back with me to the book of Genesis chapter 4. Uh, Adam had a son by the name of Cain. And Cain became angry with God because God would not accept his religious belief. Cain tried to establish his own religious system outside of God. Genesis chapter 4 and 1, if you will. Uh-huh. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Adam, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. Now, I want you to understand this concept of Cain. Cain is the first person that challenged God. He's upset with God, and he's telling God, you got your way of doing things, and I got my way of doing things. And even though you set up a solid religious system of what you want, I'm going to create something of what I want. I'm going to create a world like I want it. Amen. He rebelled against God. And you know, we're living in a time now that the whole world is in rebellion to the plan of God. When you, look at, when you look at in the world today and you look at homosexuality, this is a rebellion to what God has made. You have a man that said, I'm going to be a, a woman, and a woman that said, I'm going to be a man. This is a direct insult to God that says, God, although you have given me the body parts for this, also you've made me like this, I'm going to do my own thing. You gave me this chest. I, I don't want it. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to be what I want to be. The whole world lives in a rebellious state. And what's happening now, rather than accepting what God says, the world says, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going I'm to accept. And many people don't think that there's anything wrong with the concept of homosexuality. Our young people today have embraced that, that it's fine. If you want to do what you want to do, you do it. You want to live like you want to live, you live. If you want to be homosexuality, it's you be what you want to be. 
And to many of them, when you look at the Bible, there's a rebellion against the Bible because they're saying, well, if I want to be a man, I can be a man. If I want to be a woman, I can be a woman. But that is in direct rebellion to what God has made you to be. Amen. Now, I don't hear many people today, and this is just, and, and you got to be careful when you watch homosexuality being brought in to integrate with race. Because some people will get on the bandwagon that you're riding because you're, and it's an insult for a homosexual to join up on the race club. It's an insult because just like you decide, God decided on you being a, a, a woman and God decided on you being a man, God decided whether you were black or white. And we got all of this black pride and white pride and all this other pride, but you ought to have enough woman pride or man pride to say, hey, I would, you, you, we, we, were, we, were, we were marched because of a black life we were, because we believe that that's what we were and that's what we are and I shouldn't be discriminated because of what I am. But don't you not change yourself and try to get the same respect that I get as a man. Amen. So Cain says, I'm going to do it my way regardless of what you say. This is, this, this is my body. I make it what I want to be. I, regardless of what the creator says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do I'm going to recreate myself. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. You can't go and get a, 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 a Toyota and try to turn a Toyota into a Lexus and take it back and think the warranty's still good. You can't take my car. It was designed to be a Chevy. It was not designed. You can't take a truck and put a diesel engine and try to turn a Volkswagen into a diesel. And you cannot take a, a, a Toyota engine and put it in a diesel truck and think it'll run. You can't throw body parts all around. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And, 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 and put, oh Lord have mercy. Take Take one piece and put over here and take a piece over there. This, this is not the savage job where you get parts and just switch them from car to car. God made you what you are. Y'all with me, saints of God? But somebody says, well, it's your thing. You do what you want to do. It's your body. No, it's not your body. I, I want to tell you, it's, 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 it's not your body. You don't do what you want with it. Y'all with me, saints? If, if I feel like being a woman... I feel like being a woman. And see, the problem is that you're too changeable. Man is too changeable because you may feel like you want to be a woman today and a man tomorrow. Amen. So you got to have a spare part because the day you feel like a woman, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Amen. Sometimes you feel like you want to be this. And so, <laughs> ooh, Lord. You're too changeable. Now you're stuck with parts that you didn't think that you want because your emotions change. Your feelings change. Are y'all with me? Go with me. Go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. Talking about the land of Nod, 1 Corinthians, all right, chapter uh, 3 and 1. And I, brethren. Uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 3, rather, and 16. Know ye not uh -huh. that ye are the temple of God, uh -huh. and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Uh -huh. For the temple of God is holy, uh -huh. which temple ye are. Let no right, man... Give, give me 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. All right. What? What? Know ye not? Know ye not? That, ye, that your body is that the temple your, of the Holy your Ghost? Your body. So uh, when, when, you, when you hear people say, this is my body, 
I do what I want with it. If I want to be this, I want to be that, I care. He said, no, you're not that. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is God's body. God designed that. And to redesign that is a direct rebellion to God. All right, go back with me to Genesis chapter 4. Uh, and and this, is, this was the plan of Cain. God said, I'm going to do it one way. God said, do it one way. Cain said, this is what I want to do. Forget what you say. This is my, I want to do it this way. All right, read. Huh? Verse 5. Yes. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. Uh-huh. And Cain was very raw. Cain was very raw. And his countenance fell. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, uh-huh. why art thou raw? I think that we have a world that there are people who are directly in anger to God. When I, I was sitting in uh, Val Alster uh, for the women's convention, I went into the store and I met a young man that was in the store. And I asked him, I said, uh, would you go to church and uh, would you be willing to go to church? He says, I don't do church anymore. And I asked him, I said, why, why is it that you don't do church? And there's a young, lot of young people that have that concept. He said, I don't do church anymore. He said, because I had people in my family that died. And if there is a God, how could God allow all of this tragedy to, to happen to my people, to my family? I was adopted. My parents died when I was young. I ended up in a house that I didn't like. They was abusive to me. How could God allow a little child like me to be in that environment? And that's the question that people have about God. But I want to tell you something. As I was talking with him, I shared with him, uh, and I asked him a question. I asked him, uh, do you eat uh, 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 pigs, uh, hogs, or uh, uh, pork chops? He said, yes. I said, do you eat steak? Yes. Do you eat chicken? Yes. I said, now, you go out there. And here's a whole chicken that ain't doing nothing. It's got his whole family out there. The chicken raising this, the chicken raising this family like you raising yours. And you get mad and go, you get hungry and you go and pull out a chicken out of that man's family and fry it. There's a whole cow that a cow got his baby. The baby, the baby is getting milk from his mama. And you decide that you want to fill Edmund Young. You go out there in your yard and take that steak from his family. You don't care nothing about how that cow felt. You don't care nothing about that cow's emotion. You don't care. In fact, the chicken, before his eggs can be even had, you're going out there getting the chicken eggs and cooking them and having breakfast. And nobody, when they're sitting up eating a boiled egg, is thinking about the pain that that chicken went through to take his chicken. Nobody's sitting up eating a steak over there worrying and saying, oh, I separate Kelsey from uh, whatever her, her, her daughter was. Nobody's thinking about that because... God has given you superiority. There are some things about God you don't have to worry. God is God. He does what he want to do, when he want to do it, how he want to do it. And that's the fact that you serve him. That's the respect that you get to him, that God is not limited to what you limited to. The fact, the, the reason I respected my mother, because she was my mama. She could whoop me, but I couldn't whip her. I could get mad as I wanted to and wanted to run up, but I knew I had to just sit down and take it. Something with God, you just shut up and sit down and take it because he's God. When you recognize who God is, amen, you recognize there's some things that he has I don't have any control over. I think this is some of the problem that we have now because everybody thinks they ought to be on the same level. There are some people that do things they don't have to explain anything to you. If your boss tells you to shut down the computer and go in the break room and turn around seven times, that's your boss. He don't have to explain why he did it. Amen. Y'all with me, saints of God. God don't have to explain to you why he does things. Just respect the fact that he's God and and say, listen, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you. I have no clue of what you're doing, but I'm going to still recognize that you're in charge. 
And every now and then, God wants somebody to worship him just because he's in charge. He doesn't want you to get an attitude with him because he didn't heal your body or he didn't make a way. He just wants somebody to recognize, I'm still God. There's some chores in that house that even when you're mad with your mama, you still got to wash the dishes because she said, you living in my house, wash the dishes. There are some things in that house, and she said, you got to clean the floor. Even though you're mad with her and just got a whip and you go in there and clean it because you're living in the house. I don't always feel like praising God because sometimes it don't look like I got a fair deal. I don't always look like worshiping God. In fact, there's some things that happen Monday through Saturday that I get upset and wonder why God didn't do it. But when it comes down to it, I have a chore to praise God. He said, let everything that have breath. Hey, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't give me the money that I needed this week. I didn't get the house that I needed. But you're God, and I'm going to still respect that fact. I wish there was somebody that didn't come to church with an attitude because of your situation, but just recognize you are in charge, and I'll still praise you because you're God. That's the mindset that Job had. Though he slay me, yet will I trust you. Is there anybody that's been through something this week that just can praise God because he's God? I think young people, they analyze God differently. They analyze God differently. Even myself, uh, when I look at the way I analyze God in a lot of ways, other people analyze God is differently because we, they analyze God. If God is good and God is real, I'm praying and these things are not happening. I don't seem like I'm getting results. I'm praying. I'm asking God to do this. I'm asking God to help me with my schoolwork and I'm still failing tests. Now, some of that goes to studying. But everything that happened, we blame it on God. God, I didn't get this. I didn't get God. I did. So, so, so when, when you understand God, God is not your genie. He's not your genie that you rub him and then say what you want and God gives it to you. God don't always give us what we want. But what I can do, I got to look outside of my situation. You look outside of what you're going through. You got to look outside of your itty-bitty problem. And then you ask yourself, how in the world could this son be up here like this? Who could, who could create such a world like this when the devil isolate you to what you're dealing with? So sometimes you're so busy dealing with the fact that God didn't heal your body that you forget the fact that God woke you up. Amen. Sometimes you're so busy with the fact that you didn't have a house that you forgot the fact that it's, at least that when you didn't have a house that God provided somewhere to stay. Sometimes you're so busy that you didn't have a steak that you're not forgetting you, deal, you still ate and you still got a mouth. Sometimes we're so busy worrying about the fact that I don't have a car that you forget that you still got legs. And the devil want to isolate you to your little situation that you're going through. So, but God is bigger than you. God is bigger than your little problem. God is bigger than what you're going through. Don't you think that God is not God because you didn't get the rent money or God's not God because somebody died in you, your family, because God is, is running in a whole world. Amen. He got oceans over here and birds over here and suns over here and moons over here and all these things are going on and you're going to think because your little bitty problem one saw that God ain't God. God is greater than you. Look outside of your situation and see God. Can you give God a praise and say hallelujah? <laughs> Cain becomes angry with God upset with God because God wouldn't let him have it his way. Read, Gerard. Give me a few minutes and read. Uh-huh. And why is thy countenance falling? God is coming to him. Cain, why do you have this attitude with me? Why do you have this disposition to me? When I listen to, to black men today, especially many of those that have gotten into the Hebrew Israelite, they're angry with the black church, many of them. They're angry. 
listen to them, the uh, the diary of a black a mad black man. They talk about every preacher and the church ain't no good. All they want is your money. They talk about the fact that they had a, a, a you know, you got a a, a, a a fake Jesus, which most churches do. But there's this, there's this, there's this animosity that they have against religion, against God. Listen at some of the young people ask them stuff about God. Just listen at their conversation. I was talking to a young man the other day. I was when we had this street uh, meeting. I was walking and I talked with him and I, I said to him, I said, uh, you, "You you believe in the Lord?" He said, "No, I'm Jesus." Say, say he God. I won't lie. Let me see your hand. <laughs> I won't see a nail print or something. But he got that concept, he got that mindset. And what's happening is, listen, when you transition from society that's been unfair, I want you to listen to me, that there's a system that is racially unfair, you go to jail, you go to prison on charges that you didn't commit. I got a young man the other day I've been working with, and I got the deposition where the officers lied on him. Lied on three of the young men. Lied on them. Said that they did something that they didn't do. Well, he didn't know that the doorbell, thank God for those doorbells. Them little dash cameras, whatever they got, the doorbell had them on there. And he went and did the deposition and lied and didn't know that the doorbell was there. Uh, and recording them all the time. And I've been fighting and fighting and fighting. And they was going to take it to court on, uh, and, 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 and did everything they could to get him to do a plea deal and all this kind of stuff there. And they, man, they, they put that young man, tried to trap him and box him in. But somehow last week, last Wednesday, they dropped all the charges because there was too much evidence that we had. And I'm pushing now to get all three of those officers not, not, not uh, fired, but they need to go to jail. Because the problem is, you can do the same thing that they do, but you don't go to jail. They just lose their job and then go find another one as a security guard somewhere. But listen to me good when all the animosity comes. You're already upset because life done gave you a deal, and you get in that prison, and you get connected with a good Muslim, a good bad Muslim, whatever you want to call him, and get connected with a Hebrew boy. And a few other, one guy came out, he told me he believed in Gita. I don't even know who Gita was. I had to look that one up, Gita. Uh, I think Ella Sheffield would tell me. I said, Gita, let me find out. There's so many religions. You get in there, and, and, and they get in your mind psychologically when you have felt like nothing has worked right, and that animosity get pumped in your spirit, that animosity get pumped in your mind. When they come out of prison, they're anti-God. They come out, and many of them, are, 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 are angry with the church because the church has not taught who Jesus was. Thank God that we know when we teach that Jesus, and then I think it is, it is, that has something to say. Jesus is, praise the Lord. I think it's good uh, when you go back and look at history and, and know the fact that Jesus was black, but whether he's black, green, or blue, amen, your salvation is not based upon his color of his skin, but it's based upon the color of his blood. But it's good to know that this is not a white man's Bible. Y'all with me, saying This is not a white man's Bible. Amen. This is a God Bible. But when you have that animosity and all of those things that have come in, you come out, you become angry with God. Cain had an attitude with God. 
Listen at young people today and listen at their concept of God and their concept of religion. It's a bad concept. And so Cain was angry and God went to Cain and said, why, why are you so angry? Why are you so mad with me? All right, continue to read. Uh-huh. If thou doest well. If thou doest well. Shall thou not be accepted? Uh-huh. And if thou doest not well, yes. sin lieth at the door, uh -huh. and unto thee shall be his desire, yes. and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother uh -huh. and slew him. Yes. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? Mm -hmm. And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? First and murder. First murder, Cain. Because he's angry because he does, not, he does not want to accept the laws that God put down and that animosity that he has, he's forwarding that animosity towards his brother. Let me tell you what. There's a lot of things that's happening in society and we are dealing with an angry group of black men. But the anger against God causes them to put that anger on other people. People are wondering why there's so much of black killing in the black community, black men killing this man, black men killing that man, black men killing that man. It's a God thing. Amen. Uh, Cain's murder was based upon his anger with God. There are people who actually question, and I know as a young man, I remember going through some of these same thoughts because I was raised by a single mother and having her there to raise me. And one of the things that we did and I go back and look at it. My sisters and brothers and I, we fought just about every day. My mother, my mother would tell you, every day we fought. Somebody was beating somebody up every day. And I was raised in a neighborhood where there wasn't nothing but a whole bunch of young men that didn't have fathers in their life. And we fought every day. We were, if, if you want to fight, see a good fight, look in the projects. And there was fights going on every day. I got scars now, busted lips and everything else. You know, and, 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 and you go back into the, into the black neighborhood, our, all of our uh, 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 games and things that we were about, it was always about uh, 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 even football is combating. Uh, boxing is combating. Those are things that we're good at. We're good at knocking somebody out. Good at running somebody down on the field. Well, where does that come from? And, and, and to tell you, uh, and, and I, this, is no, this is no disrespect to any other race, but most of your, your fights that, that have that engagement, amen, most of your black people are very good at it. They're actually good. It's not because that you are so good. It's that we got so much anger about other things. When I knock you down on that field, I'm thinking about my dad. I want to knock him down. When I take that glove and put it on and, and you think about it, amen, you know, there's something that'll motivate you in the fighting. Amen. For me to motivate me in fighting, don't talk about my mama. If you talk about my mama, it was like sudden came on you. But what's happening now, amen, we got all this animosity in the field, amen, and, and a lot of it comes from the language. Watch the two languages. Uh, you son of a, and mother, it goes back to, y'all ain't saying nothing. That's where the anger come from. It's connected to those words. Son of a mother is going back. So a lot of the anger that you see in young men fighting each other is coming back from what's been put in them. So you got angry children that have that anger that their father has put in, but they display that towards each other. Amen. Cain now is mad with God, but he puts it out on his brother. Y'all with me? Y'all with me, saints? This make any sense? 
I know this is not a shouting and running message, but this is the reality of what's going on psychologically. Amen. Go back with me quickly. I want to show you this. Amen. Go back to the book of uh, Genesis chapter 37 real quickly. Genesis 37. Amen. And I'm going back and I'm going to finish in Genesis 4. But Genesis 37, watch this, how a father's relationship with his children can make the children fight against each other. All this gang banging and shooting each other in the streets. All of this is coming from that spirit of Cain. But where does it come from? It derives at an angle with God. Because sometimes even directly you don't ask God, you don't say it to God. But inside of your mind, if God is good, why did I get molested? If God is good, why is my father treating me like this? If God is good, I sat down many See, I can understand that because I came from that concept. I sat down many days in the room and especially when I would see other young people enjoying themselves with their fathers. Sometimes I would have a day in school, I'd see something, I'd go run in the room and close myself in the room and cry. I didn't want my mother to see me crying. I was too, too much of a boy, too much of a man to let somebody else see it. And so I didn't want to bring anybody into that circle. But there was that anger. And there are times I questioned God. A question, why would you allow me to be in this position and not having that there? And so when you got a person that don't understand, amen, the situation that they've been raised in, even abusive situations, amen, are y'all with me? That don't understand the circumstances, or somebody that has, and you know we have to be careful, we tell folk that God is in charge of life and death. So somebody die, if God is in charge of death, and God knows that this death was going to put me in that condition, Lord, why did you do that? Because sometimes it seems like, well, God, you killed this person that was there for me, or you let that person out and left me in that condition. Yes, God is in charge of life and death, but death is a part of life. And it's not that God singled you out and said, I'm going to kill this person and put you in that condition. Amen? And parents can bring and project something on a child, project something on somebody that can make them both angry with God Angry with themselves and angry with the whole world. Y'all with me, saints? Amen. So when you see that person who's angry sometimes with the Bible, angry with the Word of God, angry with church, and you've taught them to pray and fast and get before God and everything else, and yet they still are faced with trauma and crisis, the question is, God, I prayed, why did I still get in this condition? I asked myself many times, and of course, most of you know that I was a product of, of rape. My mother was raped. So I asked myself many times, why is it that I was put in the circumstance that I was put in, even to the point if you're God? And I don't know if you've ever got to that point where you ask God, God, show yourself. Do something. God, if, you, God, if you're God, make this happen. There's children that you do it. Make this happen. Let this happen. God don't work like that. He doesn't work like that. And when we don't have the mindset that sometimes God allows us to go through things. It's not, it's not a God caused things, but a God allowed thing. And some of the things that God put us through is not so that we would necessarily doubt God, but sometimes God put us in situations that we can understand God. Now, when God has to come to my comfort for what I've been through, it shows me more of God. When you've been abused all your life, 
and mistreated all your life, and then God comes in and pulls you out of that emotional state and pulls you out of that mental state that you're about to go crazy and can lose it, and nothing else can give you peace but God. That gives you a better appreciation of God. In fact, the thing that I have been through, now I understand what it is to have God as a father. When you, when you see what a bad father is and get God, you see what a good father is. It calls you to have a better appreciation of God. Now the thing that I went through, when God stepped in, I, I got, I, when, when, when you can step in the middle of somebody's life and be a father. Are you, are you with me, saints of God? When you can step in the middle of somebody's life and be a mother. When you didn't have, when I go back and look at the relationship that my father had with his other, with my other siblings, and he was there for them. Amen. They knew him. They had relationship with him. He brought things for them. He took care of them. He was there for them. And yet many of them didn't succeed, didn't go through high school, many of them in and out of jail. But here is somebody that he didn't spend time with, but yet God causes me to advance. It gives me the power to say, thank you. Somebody say hallelujah. Can you put your hand together and give God praises? I'm going to close here, but read Gerard 37 and 1. Read. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger. Uh-huh. In the land of Canaan. Yes. These are the generations of Jacob. Yes. Joseph being 17 years old. Seven, was, now watch this age. How old is he? 17 years 17 old. 17 years old. Was feeding the flock of his brethren. With uh -huh. his brethren. Yes. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah uh -huh. and with the sons of Zippah, his father's wives. Yes. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Mm -hmm. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his this, children. Listen at this. Israel loved jo Joseph more than all his children. Watch this. He loved him more than all his children, uh-huh. Because he was the son of his old age. Because he was the son of his old age. And he made him... A coat of many colors. See, he had a special love for him because he was a son of his old age. And so he loved him a little more. But look what the response was. Read. And when his brethren saw... Now wait. Now listen how the father has an effect on how they're going to deal with each other. When the father saw, when, when the brother saw... That their father loved him more than all his brethren. Uh-huh. They hated him. Wait a minute. When, now notice, the father is showing favoritism on Joseph, but it affects the relationship between the two brothers, and now his brothers hate him because of the father. So I'm going to link this male-to-male -male problem that we have in our society to a father problem, killing each other to a father problem. Because what you have, you have Joseph who's short. When you got one man, hallelujah, who takes care of one set of children but don't take care of the other set of children, it produces an anger. So a lot of this shooting that's going on in the streets is people that really want to shoot their daddy, but they can't. Amen. See, you can put a deposit in somebody else and somebody else cash the check. So you can put a deposit in a child and that child displayed that to somebody else. And so you wonder why the siblings are having problems, but the siblings are having problems because you got one set over there that you've done everything for, birthdays and everything else, but you got me over here and you've neglected me, and now it makes that anger. So what happens? These young men that are fighting on the streets, we got a father problem, not a children problem, not a son problem, and you got two men that meet in the, uh, in the streets that's got this anger that, they're, that, that they've been going through all their life, and it don't take much to say something to get it done.
Are y'all with me, saints? So the father's relationship caused a problem. Amen. Go with me. I'm talking about the land of Nod. I'm almost finished here. Genesis chapter 4. Bear with me quickly. Pick back up at Genesis 4. Amen. And we're going to go. Uh-huh. Verse 10. Yes. And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Uh-huh. And now art let, thou... Let, let, let me tell you something. I want y'all to get this, and I want y'all to get it good. I want all you women to get it. All right? I want you to make sure that you get as much child support as you can. All of it. Child support, dog support, whatever support. Now listen to me, this is important. That's important. That every dime, because God understood that the support of that child that's hated is equal. Now, you know, I know you're not I don't want to make no man. I don't want to put him. Now, look, if he don't want to spend time or whatever, that's fine. But that money, you get every dime of it. I mean, when they, listen to me good, when they get that, when they get that, that income tax check this year, get it. I mean, get the income tax, outcome tax, everything you can, leave it with a negative 20. Because some of y'all are still in love with him. That's why you want to put him through that. You still think there's a chance. Get all that money. Now y'all sound like, that's a gold digger. That ain't no gold digger. That's for that child. You wrong guy got new shoes and your child over there got on sandals like he back in Jesus' day. You got on name brand. No, that ain't, that ain't going to work. Amen. Y'all with me? Now I know this may be hurting somebody's feeling. That's all right. But I ain't worried about your feeling now. We worry about the child. Child support was a law that God made. It was a law that God made. And child support is not just about that child. Because that mother has to deal with that child. You don't think that you can pay five or six hundred dollars or a thousand dollars a month. You ain't have responsibility that they come with that. Who gonna wake that child up in the middle of the night? Who take care of that child when they're sick? You got all kind of stuff that's going on, uh, school and other kind of things. And pray, Lord, you can't do that. There's a responsibility. And so you are to get, and it's bad that the government got to get in. But God fixed that because of the anger of the child. Children are raised in, in, in areas that are below standard. Being raised by, by on, on government checks and all those kind of things. So God said, I'm going to fix that because I don't want the child angry. And in order to get that and, that, and that child support money ain't for your hair. Uh-oh, let me, I'm walking in sudden now. That child support ain't for you to get no new weave. You get your weave out of that, but that child support ain't got nothing to do with your hair. Ain't got to know, don't, be, don't you be getting no nails done with no child support money. And when that child get a certain age, you get that money to that child. You take out something to help with those bills. And don't, don't be walking around here with child support. Talking about, oh, I, I got, you got... <laughs> Got 10 baby daddies. One do the nails, one do the feet, one do the hair. Y'all with me? Child around there walking around with nappy hair and you got all your hair done and all this kind of stuff done. Amen. Y'all with me, saints of God? That's what's happening now. Amen. Thank God. And, 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 and it is, it is, it is and, 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 go with me quickly. I want you to see this. Give me Deuteronomy chapter 20. What I said, 20 what? 
Deuteronomy 21 and 17. All right? All right. 21 and 15. Watch this. 21 and 15. If a man have two wives. If a man got two wives. One beloved. One that he loved. And another hated. And he hate the other one. And they have borne him children. And both of them got children. Now he got children from the one. They got two women that got children from him. Read. Both the beloved and the hated. He got one that he loved and he got one that he hated. And if the firstborn son be hers that is hated. If the firstborn son be the one that he hate, he then, hate, he hate the child. Mm. He hate the child. Don't like the child. The daddy don't want the child. Don't like the child. Read. Uh-huh. Then shall be. Then when he uh-huh. when he maketh his sons to inherit. When his sons inherit that which he has. That which he has. That he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated. He can't take care of the child that he loved and don't care to take care of the child that he hated. He said that that first woman have got to get that child support first. And not only do he get the first, they got to give him double. So if he given the one that he with a hundred, he got to give him two hundred. Amen. Are y'all with me, saints? Read, uh-huh. Which is indeed the firstborn. Yes. And he shall acknowledge the son of the hated. And he going to acknowledge the son of the hated. For now, the, the first born. thing that you start doing, and this is a lot of animosity that's going on. I'm talking about the land of Nod. The first thing start happening when a woman now is shooting for child support, five, ten years, they say, that's my child. When you shoot for child support, I don't know if it's mine. Are y'all with me? I don't know. The boy, the girl looked just like him. <laughs> I seen something on the, on the television the other day. The lady was saying, that the mama said, look at, look at that boy's eyes. Don't it look just like I, I, I had to go rewinding and look at it again. <laughs> but the point of not acknowledging, not acknowledging a child, not a saying. So this, he said, you're going to pay the money and you're going to acknowledge that it's yours. Amen. I'll read. For the firstborn. Yes. By giving him a double portion of all that he has. Look here. Y'all think divorce laws are bad? The man had to give him double of everything that he got. So he had to double it up. If he give it to one, he had to double it up. Are y'all with me, saints? Why? God is trying to take the animosity and take that bitterness out. Uh, go back with me to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis 4. Amen. I'm going to uh, continue to read Gerard. Uh -huh. Verse 11. Yes. And now art thou the earth, uh -huh. which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Uh -huh. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not now, now it causes a double effect. Listen, it causes a double effect. Because wherever you kill your brother and your brother's blood goes on the ground, it curses the area. So God says, now wherever you killed your brother, that area is cursed. So we can't get productive businesses in our neighborhoods. And it looked like most of our neighborhoods are looking like they're living. If you look at some of the neighborhoods, they look like they're living at a curse. They can pump all the money that they can, but it still looks like it don't go anywhere. Because anywhere you shed your brother's blood, the ground becomes cursed. So God said, cursed is the ground. Look at areas they build stores and put money in, and the government keep throwing money in, but they can never prosper. Because the, the, uh, the voice of the bloods are crying from the ground. All right? Keep reading. Uh-huh. 
It shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. Then you can't get the strength that you need. Uh-huh. A fugitive. A fugitive. And a vagabond. Uh-huh. Shall thou be in the earth. This is what it's going to be. A fugitive and a vagabond is going to be in the earth. Uh-huh. And Cain said unto the Lord. Yes. My punishment is greater than I can bear. Uh-huh. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth. Yes. And from thy face shall I be hid. Uh-huh. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it came to pass that every... And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Uh-huh. And the Lord said unto him, I'm, uh-huh. Keep on. Therefore, whoso slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. Uh-huh. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any man, lest any finding him should kill him. All right, now verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord uh-huh. and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the this, east this, of Eden. This is what I want to deal with. The fact that God would not allow Cain to have his way. Cain went out from the presence of God and said, you know what? Forget you. I'm angry with you. I won't change it. I'm going to create my, I'm going to move to a whole nother city. I'm moving to the land of Nod. I'll do my own thing. And I think this is what's happening today when it comes down to religion. And I went back, I was talking about homosexuality, and it's important that I go back because I want to get this in our young people. Because God doesn't accept something. People are going to a whole nother land, the land of Nod, the place that I can do whatever I want to do, however I want to do it. And the, word, the land of Nod is exactly what it was. It's a Nod land. I'm relaxed. I get what I want. I do what I want. I do it however I want. Forget what God said. I'm going to a place that I can do what I want. I'm going to a place, and we have the land of Nod before us. When you look today at churches that are permitting homosexuality, permitting marriages to man and man, that's the land of Nod. And then eventually he went from his land of Nod and went and started his own city. Read. Uh-huh. And Cain knew his wife. Yes. And she conceived and bare Enoch. Uh-huh. And he builded a city. And call the name of the city after the name of his son, Let me tell you this as I get ready to uh, go forward. You can be in rebellious to God. You cannot enjoy the things of God or you can even kick against the principles of God and still be successful in this world. Cain was anti-God, but he built his own city. And what happens to us, we get confused because we see people who are in the homosexual lifestyle, but they're still successful. They're still businessmen. They still go up the ladder. In fact, it's almost, it's an initiation to get up in the level that you got to almost be homosexuality. All of your big time people that are up. And so Cain went and created a city. And when you look at uh, Genesis chapter 4, the most successful people of the Bible were in Genesis that fourth chapter. Watch this. Cain went and started his own city. All right, keep reading. And unto Enoch was born Irad. Yes. And Irad begat Mahujalel. Uh-huh. And Mahujalel begat Methuselah. Yes. And Methuselah begat Lamech. Uh-huh. And Lamech took unto him two wives. Yes. The name of the one was Adah. Uh-huh. And the name of the other one was Zillah. I read. And Adah bare Jubal, and he was the father of such as dwelt listen, in l- Listen to this. Uh, uh, Cain created a city. His son is successful. He started the first tent business, and people were living in tents then. So now his son now is a, is a, is a he, he, he builds subdivisions and estates 
first one to create tents. But on this other side that's obeying God, none of this activity is going on. So Cain is in rebellion to God. He builds a city. He got a son that's building houses. Read. Uh-huh. And of such as have cattle. Uh-huh. And, and his- he got his own cattle industry. All on the side of rebellion against God, but yet he has everything that he wants. Read. And his brother's name was Jubal. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all as such as, as handled the, ar- the harp and organ. On that same side of Cain, they got the harp, they got the organ, they got all the music is on that side. The man that's in rebellious to God, the man that's angry to God. When you go into society and you start asking people, wail up, do you believe in God? That's where your atheists are. Your atheists are people that got big businesses. Your atheists are, they, they, they're anti-God and it looks like they're moving up the ladder. But watch this, read, uh-huh. And Zilhah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, uh-huh. an instructor of every artificer in brass and your, iron. Your guns and your weapons, all of those came from this side. Now, what's going on on the other side? I'm, I'm about to close it. What's going on on the other side? They're building cities over here. They're building towns over here. But in Genesis 6, you got Adam's little family. What are they building? He's building an ark. No big city. No big town. What you building over there, Noah. No fame, ain't got no musicians. I'm focusing on building an ark. That's all, that's all we ever see built on the other side. On, on, the, on, the, on the side that's in rebellious to God, they're building cities. They're building towns. He got all the musicians, got all the instruments. And, and so everybody's looking on that side. Look at how successful Cain is. He's not serving God. He's against God, but he's going up the ladder. What do you have over here, Noah? Just a little ark. But the time is going to come that a flood is coming. And when the flood comes, I don't care what you build. You can build your life around what you want. You can build but, and forget about having any God. That's fine. But the day going to come. The rain going to come. The day going to come. Trouble is going to come. The day going to come where all this stuff going to wipe away. And listen, even though Noah didn't have a big city, even though that side didn't have the musician, when the flood was over, we were still there. When the storm came, we were still there. And let me tell you something. There's some things that I don't have, but when it all boils down, I got peace. There's some things that I don't have, but when it all boils down, you may have all the business. You may have all the money. You may have all the fame, but it ain't, what, what is fame and fortune and don't have peace to enjoy it? What is fame and fortune and can't wake up with a smile on your face? What is fame and fortune if you can't wake up every day and you're jolly and got something good to you? Listen, there's a lot of depressed business owners. There's a lot of depressed, but I ain't never seen a saint that can love God and stay in depression. He'll bring you out of it. All of these things that they build over there. And here is, hallelujah, amen, Cain living in the land of Nod. Then he built his own city, but the flood came, hallelujah, amen. And when the flood came, amen, Noah is secure. This is what life is about, being secure, amen. And your security can't be in your money because let me tell you what, you can get all the money that you want. Amen. The stock market goes up and down. Amen. Some mornings I wake up, I'm rich, and some mornings I wake up, I'm broke. Amen. Some mornings that, that market is up. Amen. I went one day, amen, I think I got about 
$250,000 and look back the next day, I was back to another. I said, boy, I got to watch this more because the stock market is unstable. It's up and down. Your job's unstable. You can go to school and get a degree and get your job and wake up in the morning and the whole company is shut down and they give you a severance pay and expect you to take care of yourself. Amen. Gas is up and down. It's a dollar today and three dollars next week. Government is up and down, but there's something that's stable. There's something that don't change. There's something that don't shake. There's something. God said, I'm the Lord and I change not. Amen. Friends are up and down. Let me tell you something. Praise the Lord. You can wake up today and have a whole bunch of friends. Make one post on Facebook that somebody don't like and they stop speaking to you. But I thank God. God is not like that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Your whole family can turn against you and one day church folk will turn against you. Jobs will turn against you. But God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Amen. And the thing about God, can you put your hand together and give God a praise? Amen. Amen. I'm talking about the land of Nod. Let me tell you something, and let me tell you, we are unpredictable creatures. Amen. We are, even ourselves, to love us, to, 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 to be committed to us, because we're changeable. You all know some of you are changeable. We're moody. We may speak to you today, and something happened in the morning, but thank God that I got a God that can deal with me, with my imbalances, that can deal with me, oh, y'all with me, saints of God, with my unstableness. Amen. Thank God that when you, when you deal with the unconditional love of God. God loved me not based upon my condition. God loved me not. I, if God loved me when I was doing everything right, I would be a bad person. But God loved you whether you're up. God loved you whether you're down. God loved you whether you're good. God loved you whether you're bad. Thank God for somebody like that. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise? Amen. And Cain settled in the land of Nod. And let me tell you what, you can live in that land of Nod. You can go through that time. You can build in it. You can do well in it. You can succeed in it. You can get houses and land and everything else. But what you going to do when the flood come? In everybody's life, listen to me, in everybody's life, there's a flood going to come. Amen. In everybody's life, there's a flood going to come. I've known people to go and commit suicide because their whole life savings have been lost because they put all their investments in there and lost them. I watch people that you think are happy jump off buildings, put guns to their heads, and you go back and you ask the question, why? They got everything that a person want to live for. They got houses, they got money, they got land. They got all these things because they're building the wrong thing. Now, I'm not against you being successful. I'm not against you thriving to do whatever you want to do to try to succeed. But to build your city and not build your ark. It's okay to build your city. It's okay to build wealth. Young people, it's okay to do all that. It's okay to get all of the things that you want to do. But I have to tell you something. There are times with the money that I have, there are times with the land that I have. There are times with all of these successful vineyards that I have that I have went through something that money couldn't get me out of. I have went through things that, that, that at, at that moment my money didn't matter. 
at that money, what I owned and have. And I don't know if you've ever been through something that nothing mattered, but just getting out of that mental dilemma that you was at. And let me tell you, when you get to that place, your bank account can't help you. When you're depressed, your bank account can't get you out of it. When, when, you, when you got stress coming from every direction, and then when you're sad and don't know why you're sad. When you wake up and you're angry and don't know why you're angry, and all these things are going on, and everybody, when you can't figure out what's wrong with yourself, because you do get there. Y'all ain't saying much, but you do get there. There are mornings you get up and you don't understand yourself. There are mornings that you're depressed and don't know why you're depressed. You're just crying and don't know why you're crying. And you're sad. You don't know why you're sad. You're trying to figure it out. Ain't nothing wrong. Ain't no money can help you out of that. Ain't no houses can help you out of that. People, people living in, in sky risers will take the elevator to the top of the floor. Just come out of a million-dollar penthouse and jump down and kill themselves. People get in a nice three or four thousand, three or four hundred thousand-dollar car and drive it off the bridge. Amen. With all of those successful things that they have, because there comes a moment in your life that a flood will come. See, you got to have something that can float. <laughs> you got to have something that floats. I want to tell you something. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God the Empire State Building is big, but it can't float. My God. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Jobs can't float. You got to have something that floats. And that's why the, the, the saints say, tis the old ship of Zion. You got to get yourself a ship that can float. When the waters come, I need something that can float. And when the storm comes, I need something. You about to grab a whole something that can float. Amen. I remember the story about Paul. Woo! Glory to God. The Bible says Paul then was in a ship and the ship got wrecked. The ship was tore up. The ship got messed up. Even sometimes in, in this life, sometimes the ship get tore up. Even the gospel ship may run into a few dilemmas. But the Bible says when the ship broke up, they grabbed a the hold of some boards. Paul told me, y'all just grab a hold of some of the pieces. Amen. Grab a hold of some of the pieces. And sometimes you go through something and your whole ship ain't together, but just grab a hold of a piece. Amen. Look like everything that's out of whack, but just grab a hold of a piece. And Paul said, just grab a hold of it and get it and, and hold on to that. Every now and then you're going through something. Let me tell you something. Jobs don't float. <laughs> Amen. Houses don't float. My God. People don't float. Amen. But that word will flow. And every now and then you got to get a scripture and hold on when the storms is coming. Hold on when the rain is coming. I don't know how many times it's just that one scripture that I got that carried me through my storm. That one scripture that I got or that one song, I got something that's floatable. The storm is coming. The rain is coming. But I got something. <laughs> My God, tell somebody you about to get a life jacket. <laughs> Amen. How many of y'all been through something and you survived it? Look at somebody and tell them, thank God I didn't drown. <laughs> tell them I could have drowned. I had enough going on. Deal problem, job problem, family problem, church problem. But I had something that could help me through the storm. I hope you know that when you swim, you get tired. <laughs> 
and you can give out an energy, amen, and, 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 and a good swimmers can drown because they just can't keep swimming enough. There's some things that's going on so long, you don't know when you're going to get out of this water. You don't know when you're going to get out of this trouble. It's, I, I try my best, but it gets so strong, I can't, I can't swim no more. I'm tired, but if I can hold on to something that can get me through this, look at somebody and say, God got me through this. somebody, I had something that could float. My God, how many of y'all been through something like that? Tell somebody, I didn't make it by myself. I didn't make it by myself. I had something to comfort me. I had something to carry me through it. Amen. I know, Sister Shaffield, your, your ship has been tore up. Amen. Your husband is gone. It's been tore up. Look like it's in pieces, but you got something to float on. That's why I can get up on a Sunday morning when I've been through so much. I just grab a hold of the pieces. I grab a hold of I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Somebody say hallelujah. Tell somebody I got something that I can hold on to. What, what takes a person that's been through something and I remember when I couldn't swim, there was water that I couldn't get into. I told him one time I could swim down there to Lake Cannon, and we went down there on a, on a sailboat trip, and I just wanted to get in the trip. And when we got out in the water, it was so deep that I, I couldn't touch the bottom. I had lied and said I could swim, and I couldn't swim. And I got up there in that sailboat, amen, hallelujah. Man, I've cried everything I could. They were laughing at me, saying, can't swim, I just, just saved me. And they brought me back to shore. Then I found out, praise the Lord, that I could put on a life jacket, my God, and get afloat. Hallelujah. And I could get in water that I couldn't swim in. I could get in water that I couldn't walk in. And I'm going to tell you, there's some trials that you can't handle. They're too deep for you. Y'all come on here now. There's some things that can go in your life. You can't feel the bottom and you will drive. But oh, I got something. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm not a good swimmer. I just got a good life jacket. My God, I'm not a good swimmer. I just got a good float. If you be honest with everybody, there are things that you've been through that you couldn't touch the bottom. There's things that you've been through that you wouldn't have survived. Amen. Mother and father dying back to back. Sister Camille, but I got a float. I got something to carry me through. That's why I'm not going crazy. That's why I haven't cracked up. Some of y'all been through court cases. Some of y'all been through sickness. When the doctor told you you had cancer in your body, amen, it was the float that got me by. Tell somebody, thank God. Thank God. Make sure, make sure, make sure that you have something safe. Let me tell you this in my closing. Whew. That big old, that big old airplane that you're flying on is good. It's nice. But even while you're flying, they don't want you to depend on that big, that big plane. They say you're sitting on a life jacket. If anything happens, the seat automatically becomes a raft. You know, the people that we talk about all the people that died on the Titanic, they didn't die on the Titanic because the ship crashed. They died because the Titanic didn't have enough lifeboats. That's what's the cause of death. 
not the wreck. People were saved. But the people that built the Titanic, they had this motion. They said, we're building this and God can't sink it. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something with all your college degrees. Let me tell you something with your 4K and 403B and all the other Ks. KKKs. JFK, whatever K you got. God can sink your ship. So they said, God can't even sink this ship. You don't have to worry about the life jackets. Don't have to worry about the lifeboats. We're good. So they didn't put extra life jackets on, lifeboats. They only put enough lifeboats, I think it was for 462 people. And they had thousands of people on there because they had confidence in the ship. So when it sunk, people died that didn't have to die because there was no rafts. I'm not telling you that you're going to have crashes in your life because you may be one that don't. You may not ever need God in some area that I need him in or others need him in. Some of y'all got spare tires in your car that you will never use. But it's good to have one just in case. And the confidence that it gives me when I'm riding, I rode with somebody one time, and some of the younger brothers, when they ride, I like to ask them, now, do you have a spare tire? Uh, they like to ride and ride, they ain't got no spare tire, no nothing. We rode and rode, we got stopped the car, the tire went out, and I said, well, let's, let's, Let's get the tie change. They back there looking and fiddling through stuff. So I don't know where it's at. Look back there and picking up the back of the, you know, the little, the little thing in the back. There wasn't no tie down there. I said, man, we ain't got no tie. Don't have a tie. My phone about to die and their phone about to die. And I'm looking at it. I said, somebody walking. It ain't me. I ain't, I ain't finna walk. You should have known your tire was not in there before we got on the road. It's good to have it. It's good to have a spare. It's good to have those things in line. Listen, be successful. Do the best that you can to, to do whatever you can. Build your city, do whatever you have. But make sure that you don't get so busy building your art, your, 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 your city, you forget to build your art. People are changeable. People are moody, man. People that will support you today will not support you tomorrow. Things are here today and gone tomorrow. Listen to me as I get ready to close. Don't get comfortable in the land of Nod. Nod is that relaxing. Nod is that place of comfort. I'm not just comfortable with my successes. It's good to have God in your life even when you have your own downfalls. It's good to have God. Even if you have your own failures, it's good to have God. I don't want to be to a point where I don't have him. That I can't cry to him when I have. But when you, when you get all your successes and you get all your stuff, you stop coming to church. You stop praying. 
you stop looking at God as the source of your help, it's kind of it's hard going to somebody for help that you haven't talked to in years. You know they got it. I got some of my relatives, they don't talk to me until they need something. And they'll call me and say, Uncle, usually my nieces and nephews, I got one niece, she called me all the time. And she, she can get whatever she wants. She called me all the time. Uncle, her, her birthday, and I call her on her birthdays. She called me, and, 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 and her, her mother said, you don't never call me, and I'm your sister. I said, you don't never call me. I said, Valerie will call me. I don't care what's going on. Uncle, I want to see how you're doing. And so she could pick up the phone and call me and say, Uncle Clay, I said, what is it? What you need, baby? She said, I need something. I said, I'll help you. She can pick it up. The other ones, then they call. They got it. Hey, Uncle Clay, how you doing? And they just talking around. I know they want something. They beating around the bush. I said, okay. Well, I got to I try. I said, okay. Well, I got to go. I know they've been nice. But I got to go. I'm a little busy now. See, I, I know they get ready. To, I know they get ready to do something. So I just, I just start cutting it off. Say, Uncle, you don't even have time for me. So I know what they're trying to get. They're trying to. And, and my baby been asking about so they're just trying to build up to the conversation. Uncle Clay, uh, I, I like to borrow $100. I said, you don't even speak to me. You don't even call, Uncle. And out of a good heart, I just go ahead and send a, send a cash app. But it makes it uncomfortable. Get success. Reach out to success. But don't get so caught up in success that you don't pray. That you don't talk to God. That it don't read your Bible. Because some of y'all right now, when it, I've, I've, I've gotten with people that wanted to ask God to heal them and felt, didn't feel uncomfortable going to him. Why do I come to church? I come to church because I don't want God to think I just want, to be, want him for funerals and weddings. Some people don't feel like it's important to go to church. Oh, I serve the Lord in my heart. I just love the Lord in my heart and whatever. No, it makes it more comfortable to even ask God for something when you know that you have, you're talking with them and communicating even through your hard times. And what have I seen? I've seen this. I've seen young people who, when they reach that level of success and get successful, they start building them instead of building God. I'm going to give you one more and I'll, I'll, I'll get out of your way. Uh, the, Adam, I mean, Cain's side, they lost everything in the flood. Everything was lost in the flood. Them people still ain't learned. Mankind did, still ain't learned. Lost everything in the flood. Now they say, we, we, we couldn't, we built our city, they're going to go back and try to build another city again. And, and Genesis 11, and uh, I'm closing with this. Genesis 11, I've been closing a while, but that's all right. Genesis 11. Get Genesis 11. Now, God has already destroyed one city that they tried to build with the flood. Now, they're going to get smarter than God. They're going to say, you know what? Last time, he destroyed our city with a flood. So, rather getting close to God, say, let's build a city that's tall enough that if he sent a flood, that it won't tear it up. So, in Genesis 11, read. Uh-huh. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Uh-huh. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, uh -huh. and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. Listen to this good. And they had brick for stone 
and slime they had for mortar. Uh -huh. And they said, go to. Now listen at these idiots. You done just found out that God done told your first city down by a flood. You still ain't making no provision. You still want to do you and not him. Go to, let us make what? Let us build us a city. Let's build us a city. And a tower. And a tower. Whose top may reach I'll unto heaven. I tell you what we do. He, he got rid of our first one with this flood. Let's show him nothing. We're going to make us another city. Let's make one that go all the way to heaven. They still ain't learned. And God said, you know what? They said, let us make us a name. They ain't even worried about God. Let's do it. Let's do us. Let's build us a skyscraper. You know what God said? You know what? This time ain't going to send a flood. Now, all, everybody was speaking one language. There was only one language at that time. God said, you know what? I'm going to confuse all y'all. And immediately, God said, I'm going to start giving out the languages. The Chinese language, the Haitian language, whatever language. God, God, God gave everybody their own language. He said, I'm going to stop y'all. Y'all try, I'm, I'm going to show y'all that if you don't put me in first, I can confuse you. So God gave, so at that time, everybody in one language, and God threw out all these different languages, and, and this person started talking this way, that person started talking that way, and so now they're trying to build, they're trying to build a city, and the guy say, hand me an axe, and the man punch him. The man say, give, give me a saw, and somebody gave him some cornbread. Now all of them confused. And the Bible said they couldn't build a city because God want to tell them, show them, look here. You cannot build your own and forget about me. Now, let me tell you this. That's why tongues became the evidence of the Holy Ghost. To remind you when you re receive the Holy Ghost speaking tongue, to remind you that you can't build by yourself. To remind you that you can't do it by yourself. To remind you that every effort that you're doing, so there's dual building. Listen, there's dual building. Build your business but build your relationship. Build your, now listen, everybody going to have some challenges. You're going to have them, I'm going to have them. But at the same time, if I'm going to read a book over here, I'm going to read a scripture over here. If I'm going to do something over here, I'm going to be, because I need both. Can you say amen? Let's put our hand together and give God praises. Everybody in the building, stand to your feet.